Good morning. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we praise you. You are the only one, the only one who has the power Take away the leper's spots and to melt the heart of stone. You are the only one who has the power to raise the dead. And we are this morning a collection of people who were former lepers, who formerly had hearts of stone, formerly dead, now raised, clean, soft hearts that love you. Lord, we recognize before you this morning that this is all you're doing. We thank you for it. And now, Father, we are eager to open your word and to have the great privilege of seeing yet another picture of the glorious gospel, which is our story. We pray, Father, that you would use it to stir us up to greater and deeper affection for the Lord Jesus that we would remember who we were, but who we are now because of what He has done, and that we would be moved then to tell our story and to tell your story, what you have done to cleanse us, that we would tell our story to the unclean, that Jesus makes clean the unclean. And please have your way with us this morning. We ask these things with great boldness and affection in the name of our brother, Jesus. Amen. So please open your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. We will be closing out the chapter this morning, these last few verses, verses 40 through 45. Mark 1, 40 through 45. As you're finding your place there, if you would, let's stand together and we'll, we'll read these last few verses. Mark 1, beginning in verse 40. And a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. You may be seated. In Numbers chapter 12, when Miriam criticized Moses, as a judgment, God gave her leprosy. And in pleading with God on her behalf, Aaron said, let her not be as one dead. 
God had given Miriam leprosy, and Aaron said to God, let her not be as one dead. In 2 Kings 5, when the king of Israel was asked to heal Naaman of leprosy, the king of Israel responded, am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Am I God to kill and make alive Someone's asking me to cure someone of leprosy because of these two passages. The people of God considered leprosy to be something of a death sentence. A leper was like a living dead person for two reasons. The first is that their leprosy made them ceremonially unclean, which meant that they they had to live outside the covenant community. In other words, as far as any kind of meaningful life with others was concerned, they might as well have been dead. They had no one. And second, in order to become ceremonially clean, they had to first be healed of their leprosy, which only God can do, just like only God can raise the dead. And so, leprosy was something like a death sentence. And healing a leper was tantamount to raising the dead. Now, Mark situates this story in a peculiar place in his narrative. It's between two episodes of Jesus' ministry in Capernaum. It has no setting. Mark doesn't tell us when this took place or where it took place, and for that reason, it kind of stands out. And so we might say that Mark is just handing to us a sample miracle. This is just the kind of thing that Jesus was doing as he was going around to these various towns and proclaiming the the good news, the coming of the kingdom. But there's good reason to believe that Mark was doing something else as he placed this story right where he placed it. This man has a disease. This disease has made him unclean. Uncleanness is death. And therefore, this miracle is situated here toward the beginning of the Gospel of Mark to give us an indication, a picture of the whole reason that Jesus came. He came out of compassion to make clean the unclean, to give life to the dead. Now, I have not provided an outline for you this morning. Of course, you're, you're, you're welcome to take whatever notes you like, but occasionally we come to a passage where I would suggest it, it might be profitable to just sit and, and listen. Of course, you can take notes if you would like. Uh, the, the whole thing here begins with a, a desperate request. There's a desperate request in verse 40. So look there with me again. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. The the biblical term leper referred to any person suffering from a range of skin diseases. And we read about this whole thing in Leviticus chapters 13 and 14. Leviticus 13 tells us that if a person had a diseased area of skin that was deeper than the skin, it was deemed a leprous disease, and the priest was to declare that person unclean, ceremonially unclean. And socially, a leper was the equivalent of a corpse because if you touched either one of those things, a leper or a dead body, you yourself would become unclean. The leper tainted whatever he touched. A a leper tainted clothing that he touched. A leper's house was considered unclean. So, The leper was a ceremonial outcast. 
On top of that, his disease was contagious. So we would think of him as what we might call a medical outcast. Nobody wants to be around this person because you might catch what he has. On top of that, because God had given Miriam leprosy as a, as a judgment, people tended to view leprosy as people receiving their due for some kind of sin that they had committed against God. And so lepers were then also moral outcasts. And they received very little sympathy from people for that reason. Because of all of those dangers that they posed to people. We read this in Leviticus 13 verses 45 and 46. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Later rabbinic texts would, would suggest that just to be safe, one ought not be within six feet of a leper. That same rabbinic text says that if the wind is blowing, just to be safe, don't come within 100 feet of a leper. So this man was deprived not only of physical touch then, but of, of any kind of real companionship. He was alone. Now the man here in verse 40 was not born a leper. He wasn't born a leper. He, he knew what it was like to be ceremonially clean, to have family and friends, to be touched, to hug people, to be hugged, to be welcomed. He knew what it was like to worship in the synagogue. And then perhaps one day he, he sees a, a sore or a white spot or a boil on his body somewhere. Oh, Yahweh, please don't let that be what I think it is. And the law of Moses would require him to go to the priest to have it inspected. If it was an obvious case of leprous disease, then the priest might have declared him unclean immediately. But if the priest wasn't sure, then the priest would have had him come back seven days later to have him look at it again. And if that was the case, then imagine how torturous those seven days must have been. Just hours gazing at that sore, willing it to go away. Convincing himself that it was fading and yet knowing that it wasn't. Now whatever his particular experience might have been, we know that at some point he heard the pronouncement that changed everything in his life. Unclean. You're unclean. And immediately he became a pariah. He could not go back to his house lest he contaminate it. He could no longer live with or touch his family. Be touched by them. Everything changed. What a surreal moment. It must have been that the first time he heard his own voice. Declaring to others what the law required of him. Unclean? Almost a question is if it's even real. Unclean? Unclean. He has to say it repeatedly as he's making his way outside the city where he would make his home until the almost impossibly unlikely event of his healing. Almost impossibly unlikely because a leper being healed was as likely as a corpse rising from the dead. 
Can you, can you imagine an illness that costs you everything? Makes you unclean, separates you from all that's good. The Bible says that we actually were all conceived with that kind of illness. Leprosy is emblematic of the disease of sin that we all have. When, when Adam sinned, he passed on to all of us this condition that goes much deeper than the skin. It reaches to our heart and it is terminal. We all rebel just like Adam did. And our, our sin makes us un clean. It taints us before God. That scene in Genesis 3 of Adam and Eve being removed from the garden, it's very similar to this unclean leper being sent out of the camp. Our, Our sin condition, it separates us from God, from everything that's good. That is spiritual death. We cannot enjoy fellowship with Him as we were designed to do. And physical death doesn't bring any kind of relief. Unlike Literal leprosy, which was not an act of rebellion, leprosy of the soul entails willful, determined, turning away from the goodness of God, and it calls for eternal damnation, eternal separation from God in hell. And in hell, our sin, our conscience, and the wrath of Almighty God forever testifies against us, unclean, unclean forever and ever, doomed to spend forever outside the camp as spiritual lepers. And the cleansing of a leper is as unlikely as a corpse rising from the dead. So this leper hears about a man of unprecedented authority and power who heals everyone doesn't turn anyone away. But he has to be thinking, will he, will he heal a leper? Because a leper is an extraordinary case. Now, everything that we read about the leper in this first verse speaks of humble faith. He came to Jesus. Now that is against all social convention because he's supposed to stay away from people. But he comes to Jesus indicating that he believes that Jesus is different. Jesus can can help him. The leper implored Jesus, the text said, and that that word implored is translated beg several times in chapter 5. This man is begging Jesus, and that word also indicates that the words that are recorded for us here are not the only words that this man said to Jesus. He was begging this, this Jesus. The leper knelt before Jesus. In other words, he's on his knees begging Everything about the scene indicates that this man recognizes, I'm all need and you are all sufficiency. Please, please, if you're willing, if you want to, you can make me clean. Now, just like we considered last week, obviously Jesus can. The only only question is, does he want to? And and the leopard's words communicate so much, not, not only need, but lack of presumption. Lack of entitlement. I I don't deserve this. You don't owe me. But if you want to, you can make me clean. And notice that he says clean and not healed. According to Leviticus 14, those are two different things. When the person was healed, then he would go to the priest to be declared clean. Verse 42 is going to confirm for us that those two things should be distinct from one another in our minds. 
Of course, to be clean, one must be healed. So in the statement, you can make me clean, there is contained the belief, you can heal me, but he believes that Jesus is capable of more than healing me. By saying, you can make me clean, the leopard shows, he, he understands perhaps what a lot of other people don't yet understand about Jesus. And that is that Jesus doesn't just heal people, he makes them clean clean before God, and therefore He brings people to God. Oh, to be clean. If you want to, you can make me clean. It's a desperate request from this man. And to that, to that desperate request, Jesus then comes back with a compassionate response. A compassionate response is what we find in verse 41. Verse 41, look with me. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will be clean. Moved with pity in the original text is just one word. And it's a passive verb, meaning that when Jesus saw this man, he was affected. He was affected. He, he, he reacted he, he responded with feelings of affection and, and compassion. And so he decided to do what he did next. Now remember that this, this leper is on his knees begging before Jesus and not likely right up on Jesus because he's not supposed to get close to people. So when Mark says here that he reached out his hand, Mark is not giving us superfluous information. He reached out to this man and touched a leper. That, that would have caused everyone watching to gasp. And I imagine that even, even the leper himself flinched. So, so we, we ought not just pass by this. That act of reaching out and touching the man communicated every bit as much as the words that Jesus said in verse 41. So let, let's, let's slow down a little bit and consider what made that act significant and then why Jesus would do it. So what made Jesus reaching out and touching this man, what made that significant? I can think of two reasons. First of all, it was the most personally meaningful way possible for Jesus to communicate care for this man. Touch is what this man had been denied for who knows how long. I mean, on a dead calm day, no wind, people don't want to be within six feet of him. He lives alone outside of town. The lion's share of his contribution to conversation for who knows how long has been to just repeat the cry, unclean, unclean. If, if all of that is, is true, then how long had it been since someone had touched him? I mean, Jesus not only doesn't recoil at his presence, and not only listens to him, not only talks to him, Jesus touches this man. That alone is significant, but there's, there's a second thing that's even more significant. World's more significant. This touch represented a personal cost for Jesus. When Jesus touched this man, Jesus became ceremonially unclean. You may find that tough to swallow, but it's true. Let me give you why I believe that this is the case. Jesus was born under the law, according to Paul in Galatians chapter 4. Matthew 5.17, Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law. Later in this very passage, Jesus is going to send this man to the priest 
to keep what the law required regarding the cleansing of lepers. In other words, Jesus knows what the law says about lepers, and he believes it's binding. Now, that Jesus became unclean does not mean that Jesus sinned. So we, we don't jump to the fact that Jesus sinned. It wasn't a sin to touch a leper. It made one ceremonially unclean. In the same way that a woman giving birth is not a sin, and yet giving birth makes a woman unclean, according to the law of Moses. So also Jesus would have been ceremonially unclean. Not permanently, but just until evening, according to the law. Now remember, I said when we began this morning that this, this scene is a picture of the whole reason that Jesus came. So for a brief moment, they are both unclean. Jesus is so filled with compassion and love. He joined the leper in his uncleanness. Identified with him. Not, not, not only exposed himself to the disease, but ceremonially contaminated himself, we might say. No hesitation. That is what made it so significant. But Jesus didn't need to touch him in order to heal him. So we know that that's not why he did it. Jesus healed many people with a mere word. We know from other, from other cases. Jesus didn't need, even need to be in the same zip code to heal somebody. So he certainly doesn't need to touch this guy. So that's not why he did it. Why did he do it? Well, look, look at what Jesus said again. He said, I will or I want to be clean. So there's two parts to that. The first, again, I want to. The second, be clean. So, so we know, though, that touching him is not attached to the be clean. That's not necessary for the be clean part. Perhaps Jesus touched him so that when he said, I want to, the leper knew he meant it. It cost Jesus to show this man how much he cared for him, how much he wanted to help him. We're intended to understand what this leper certainly understood instantly. And that is that Jesus eagerly steps into the place, into the suffering of the unclean in order to make them clean. He wants to, I want to be clean. Be clean is, is another one of these relatively rare passive imperatives, passive command. Be cleansed. Another way that we might think of it is receive my cleansing or I'm cleansing you. Note that he follows the leper's language. Not be healed, but be clean. In other words, he's affirming to the leper, you're right. I I can not only heal you, but I can make you clean. And now I do at my expense, be unseparated. If I was asked to choose one verse in Mark that depicts Jesus' love of and heart for sinners, I'm not sure I could pick a better one than Mark 1.41. Oh, the, the eager, self-sacrificial kindness of this sweet and strong Jesus. So following this compassionate response, we see a miraculous result. A miraculous result in verse 42. And immediately, the leprosy left him. And he was made clean. 
Now, this is one of those places where we should understand immediately in the literal sense. Immediately, two things happened. The leprosy leaves and he's made clean. And so here we see, as in Leviticus 13, that those are two different things. Healing and being made clean, not synonymous. The healing provides for being made clean, but they're two different things. Jesus, Jesus removed the leprosy and made him clean. No longer separated. This man is no longer separated because of what Jesus did. Oh my soul, what, what must that have been like? I mean, this man looking at his skin, whatever sores or white patches he had, raw, raw skin, whatever it was, he watches this as it's immediately turned into a perfect complexion. And I guarantee you as he's watching that, he is not thinking, oh great, no more itching, no more soreness. No, he's thinking about the implications. Clean. Everything changes now. Everything changes. Where he lives, how he acts, what he wears, what he says, how people look at him. How people react when he approaches. Everything changes. Where he can worship. Everything changes. In an instant. And recognize again what this means. Now the man is clean. But Jesus is unclean. And according to Leviticus. Mark doesn't record this. But according to Leviticus. What this would mean is that. This man can now go into the camp. But Jesus would need to go outside the camp. And Jesus is keen on observing the law. As we see in verse 43, because in verse 43, Jesus points out a lawful requirement. Look at verse 43. There's a lawful requirement. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. So two things he tells them. Don't don't tell anybody, but go to, to do these required offerings. As a proof to them, or, or we say as a testimony to them. And what, what Jesus likely meant by that is, go to have the priest declare you officially clean so that everyone around here knows you can come back into society. Now, in order, in order for one to be made clean, the law of God requires the shedding of blood. In order for one to be made clean, the law of God requires the shedding of blood. In Leviticus 14, notes that there are specific sacrifices necessary to atone for a leper who has been healed before they can be declared clean. I'm not going to go through all of those sacrifices, but there's one that's unique to leprosy, and I do want to tell you about that one. The priest would take two live, clean birds, two live, clean birds. One of them he would sacrifice. He would take the the live bird and dip it in the blood of the shed bird, the sacrificed bird. Then he would take that live bird, now covered in that shed blood, and he would use it to sprinkle that blood seven times on the healed leper, and then declare that leper clean. Then that live bird, still covered in shed blood, would be released. If if you're well familiar with Leviticus, that sounds familiar likely you're thinking that, that that sounds just like what happens with the two goats on the Day of Atonement in Leviticus 16. And we're intended to understand that those two birds are pictures of Jesus, just like those two goats in Leviticus 16 are pictures of Jesus. The one sacrificed pictures Jesus' sacrificial death to atone for our sins. 
Hebrews 10.24 tells us that it is by the one sacrifice of Jesus that our hearts have been sprinkled clean. And the live bird that's released, that pictures Christ taking our uncleanness upon Himself and carrying it away. 1 John 3.5 says that Jesus came to take away sins. So think about what Jesus is instructing this man to do. He's instructing this man to go and, and offer these sacrifices picturing what he had just done for this man in taking his leprosy away and sacrifices that pictured what he was going to do on the cross to take away his spiritual leprosy and our spiritual leprosy. Jesus came to take away sins, to suffer, to make men clean. On the cross, Jesus suffered for us. Sins of men were placed upon His shoulders, credited to His account, such that He was not just ceremonially unclean, but He was unclean. He was so unclean that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He became sin. That's how unclean He was on the cross. And He suffered outside the camp, Hebrews 13.11 says. Remember that leprosy, that was like a death sentence. Jesus took our death sentence died in our place. And remember that the cleansing of a leper was, was as likely as a corpse being raised from the dead. Well, three days after Jesus was laid in a tomb, He was raised from the dead, alive again, indicating that the sins for which He had suffered, they had been taken away forever. And now He has authority to make clean the unclean. The question for us, a really important question for us, is... For whom? For whom does Jesus do this? Well, He does it for all those who come to Him in faith, like, like this leper. All those who recognize the, the, the depravity of their condition and who want, who want none of it any longer. All those who see Jesus as the only one, the only one who can remove their stain of sin. The, all those who, who turn to Him to make them clean. And to give them life. All those who bow down to Him as Lord. In other words, all those who repent and trust in Him. And all those who repent and trust in Jesus, He touches them and He says to them, I want to be clean. And immediately, they are made clean. Sins forgiven. Granted eternal life. Fellowship with Him forever. Adopted by the Father. Brought inside the camp. Brought near forever. Now, Did, did this leper understand all of that? Did he, did he understand more than simply that he had been healed and, and now he can, be, he can be brought back into society? Well, perhaps he didn't understand all of that. But I'm inclined to think that he understood at least something of Jesus' true identity and His saving work because He immediately gives Himself to an evangelistic report. He gives Himself to an evangelistic report in verse 45. Look at verse 45 with me. But He went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places and people were coming to Him from every quarter. Now, we've talked in past weeks about what's been called the messianic secret. That is, that is uh, 
that Jesus wanted to keep his identity hidden for, for a time and, and talk about why that might be. I'm not going to replow that ground. If, if you're interested in that, you can get on the website and listen to some previous messages of Mark. But I will say this, every time that Jesus tells someone to be quiet about him in Mark and then they don't do it, we're not intended to then view those people negatively, but rather we're intended to view Jesus with greater awe. So magnificent is Jesus that people cannot help but spread the word about him. His greatness, his identity cannot be hidden by those who have truly encountered him. Now, I've called this man's actions an evangelistic report, an evangelistic report. So how, how can I justify that wording? Well, the opening clause in verse 45 could more literally be translated, and going out, he began to preach much, preach much or proclaim much. It's the same word that's used back in verse 14 of Jesus. Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. It's the same word that's used in verse 39. When, when we read, he went throughout all Galilee preaching in their synagogues. So this, this now clean man became a herald of Jesus, became a herald of the good news. The text says, spread the news. Clean, clean. Jesus made me clean and he'll make you clean. I mean, do, do not miss the cause and effect that takes place here in verse 45. This man did something, and the text says something happened because of what this one man did. This man spreads the news. What's the result? Jesus can no longer go into towns openly. But rather, he has to stay out in desolate places, and people come to him from everywhere else. In other words, so, so vigorous was this man's proclamation that Jesus' mode of, miss, of, of mission necessarily had to change. As we, as we draw to a close, I want you to think now about two lepers. Two lepers. And the first is the leper that you used to be. The leper that you used to be. The, the old you, if you're now in Christ. Remember, remember that former state? Remember how you, you, you came to Christ and he, he did not require you to become clean before He would touch you? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He entered your uncleanness on the cross, embracing all your sin as His own. All, all those things that, that you did to bring wrath upon yourself, to offend the holiness of God, all those things of which you're now so ashamed, all those things, all those things, Jesus grabbed them and said, mine on the cross. And there he died for them. He took those things and he allowed them to make him unclean so that he might make you immediately clean. There's two things that I would suggest that you do with that reality. First of all, praise God even today that you are clean. Praise God even today that you're clean. Secondly, continue to approach Him in the reality that you're clean. Continue to approach Him in the reality that you're clean. I, I wonder 
if there are times when you conceive of him, even as a believer, as hesitant to, to touch you now, to, to be in your presence, when you're struggling with sin, when you fail in various ways, when you need to confess that same old sin for the thousandth time, do, do you think of him as frustrated with you and, and with, withdrawn? Do you, do you hesitate to come into his presence? In a sense, by, by your hesitating to come to him, are, are you crying out before him, unclean, don't, don't come near me, I, I'm not ready yet, I haven't, I, I haven't fixed this or that. Listen, that conception of Jesus is one of the ways that the enemy would keep you shackled to sinful habits as a believer. And it is a shameful conception of Jesus. It is a lie of thought. Do not think that way about Jesus. And and if you have, to you, Jesus would say, no, clean, remember? I, I made you clean. And if I welcomed you into my presence when you were unclean, how much more now that I've made you clean? If you have, if you have sinned to confess and kill, I'm eager to help you with that. I'm the only one who can help you with that. Come to me. Jesus doesn't turn people away. certainly doesn't turn His bride away. So, come, saint. Come, saint. He calls you saint because He's made you clean. Don't live like the leper that you were. Don't live like the leper that you were. Second leper that I'd like you to think about is the leper that you know. The leper that you know. There's someone in your life who is a leper of sorts. A leper of sorts. No one, perhaps not even you, wants to be around them. Maybe they've made a nuisance of themselves. Maybe they're obnoxious. Maybe they have needs that are inconvenient. Maybe it's worse than that. Maybe they have, they've sinned horribly against you or someone that you love. They are unwanted. Unwanted. They are unclean. Better left outside the camp. Who is that person? I'm going to pray briefly right now that the Lord would bring that person to mind for all of us, okay? Father, would you please bring to each of our minds right this moment that person in each of our spheres of influence, that, that leper, would you be kind to us right now and would you be kind to that person to bring them to our minds, Father? Thank you. Amen. Now, Jesus... Jesus would touch that person. And and you know He would. Jesus would put everything on hold to enter their uncleanness outside the camp, just like He did for you and me. And He told us in John 14, whoever believes in Me will also do the work that I do. In other words, we are His hands. We are the way that He reaches out and touches lepers today. There's a bit of an irony here at the end of this text. This man, formerly a leper, now a clean 
man, he behaves as if he has received the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. Many of us, former spiritual lepers, we behave as if we've received the command of verse 44, see that you say nothing to anyone. Let that not be true of us. Let that not be true of of you as it pertains to this person, this leper that the Lord has brought to your mind. And I want you to think about right now, what, what will you do to touch that leper? As a former leper, how will you proclaim to them, clean? The Lord's made me clean, and He'll make you clean. Let me tell you how to come to Him. How will you do that? Think practically, how will you do that? Will you have that person into your home? Will, will you have them in your home? share a meal with them and speak to them about the things of this Jesus who makes clean the unclean? Will you invite them to read through the book of Mark with you? Will you begin sharing a weekly lunch with them and speaking about the things of the Lord? How will you do it? Will, will you in the, the workplace be a friend to them, seeking them out? with your deeds and your words, saying, I want to, I want to help you. Come to Jesus. How will you do it? Jesus has compassion on the unclean. And He makes them clean. If we follow Him, remember that's one of the things we're thinking about as we work our way through Mark. What does it mean to follow Jesus? If we follow Jesus, having been made clean ourselves, will spread that message to others. Clean. Jesus makes clean the unclean. Let's pray. Father, these are extraordinary things that we've considered. Extraordinary things. And we praise you that they're all true. They're all true. Father, would you please work that reality into our minds and hearts right now? And in particular, that our having been made clean lays upon us a glorious mission to reach out to other lepers and to tell them of the one who makes clean the unclean. Would you do that for us, Father? Would you help us to so celebrate our cleanness that we would want to share that with everyone around us, Father? Father, I pray that if there are those here among us who are recognizing now that they have they've never come to Jesus recognizing their need to be made clean, They recognize that they are a sinner under the weight of condemnation. That they need Jesus, His atoning blood to sprinkle them clean, to save them from the wrath to come. Would you please move them to repentance and faith in Christ today? Would you move them to fall on their knees before Jesus and say to Him, Oh, please save me. Please make me clean. I follow you. Please do that. As we leave this place, Father, we we, we ask that you would grant us to continue to marvel at these things. 
that we might love Jesus more. We ask all this in His name. Amen.